0: Mariah C. Kaminsky is the brand new artistic director of our our home-away-from-home, home, the Pittsburgh Public Theater, taking over from the beloved and long-reigning Ted Pappas. And Mariah, my first question is, is d- did you feel like you wanted to just sort of quietly sneak in to your leadership role as artistic director of Pittsburgh Public? Or did you say, no, you know what, I'm going to... A- to a glorious, kick-ass, gynocentric tempest.
1: Wow. Um, I'm yeah, sorry, is know,
0: gynocentric not a term of art?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure, I'd have to look it up.
0: Mariah C. Kaminsky's production of The Tempest just opened last Friday, so it was the perfect opportunity for my first conversation with Pittsburgh Public Theater's new Artistic Director. Mariah started our conversation by explaining that her production of The Tempest was sort of inspired by the Pittsburgh community itself. The
1: theater, as you know often having been here, um, runs so beautifully and has a very loyal following and an incredible community of artists. So. Um, You know, my intention in coming in was definitely not to disrupt and not fix what's not broken. Um, but this production of the Tempest, it has—it's it's become quite ambitious, and really, I blame Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> I got very inspired by my trips here, um, so you know we've reimagined it to be a snowy, blizzardy Tempest. Um, and I'm not sure if your listeners know, but it's a uh, uh, February 1st, right now, 2019, and it is very snowy and very cold in Pittsburgh, just in time for our opening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and it's it it. It, it strikes me that in a couple of ways, oh, it's not ambitious, it's just an all-female production. But in a lot of ways, as I think about it, it feels transformative in all the right ways.
1: Well, thanks. You know, we also are featuring a youth choir, uh, and, you know, there's like a 16-foot puppet um, and a bunch of original songs. So um, the, the fact that it's an all-female cast is... Um, was definitely is definitely a hallmark of the production, but it's actually not the most ambitious part. I don't think. No, clearly uh, but not. Yeah, and it's also yeah, and it's also it is an adaptation. You know, I've I've cut it down to about ninety minutes um, and imagined a frame uh, that sets it here, and uh, I hope you know justifies uh, an all female cast. Um, you know, in, uh, in Shakespeare's Tempest, and I know Austin, you're well versed in all of this. Um, you know, it was the last play that he is considered to have written on his own, um, and you know, it is a bit of a, um, a fun and fantastical contemplation on our morality and what is most important to us. So, um, our Tempest, our all-female Tempest, uh, is set in a frame on an oncology ward where our Prospero is fighting late-stage breast cancer, um, and late at night, uh, she falls asleep in the middle of a blizzard and, uh... Is awoken by the wind and opens up her hospital window and climbs out into this fantastical world of magic and clowns uh, and ferocious weather. So um, yeah, we so we have definitely adapted it, but I, I I do hope and believe it's in the spirit that Shakespeare intended. Well,
0: I I wish this were a video podcast because nobody can see my face going, "Oh my God, <laughs> that sounds amazing." <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, we've, and we've been very lucky, you know. I, the frame really—it only is the first nine minutes of the play. You know, it's just an entry point for us into this uh, epic story. But uh, we have gotten a chance to partner with um, a local cancer center, Allegheny Health Network, and with an incredible oncologist there. So dramaturgically, we've gotten to dive into a bit of what that journey might be, and I think that's been a great. Um, Foundation for our Prospero, played by Pittsburgh's Tamara Tuny, uh, mm. to really think about what, what Prospero's perspective is, uh, what her um, uh, concerns and hopes are for her young daughter, um, and what she might be facing when she thinks about her own mortality.
0: I think that's so cool and it's and it and it underlines an element of the play that I've always loved which is that yes it's in Prospero saying goodbye to the island and saying goodbye to Miranda's youth, you know it's also Shakespeare saying goodbye to uh, a, a, an active life as a playwright in in London and perhaps retiring to Stratford, although the scholarship may be changing on on that um, issue. Uh, so I think that that's a very cool way to kind of um, underscore the that theme of the play.
1: Thank you Thank you. It is, I mean it is quite a remarkable play in that, but there is, there can be so much speculation into this story about, you know, what, what was inspiring Shakespeare and, um, you know, and I, I like to joke, you know, that he had become a really good producer Mm. by then too. So I think there are a lot of contemplative themes of the play, but also, you know, there's really funny clowns. There's more music in it than any other of Shakespeare's plays. So I feel like it's also, um, sort of climactic in his work that he uh, he had become such a good producer and it was quite a crowd pleaser.
0: Well, and I think that's a an element I've always thought that this this is an element of Shakespeare that is not properly um appreciated or understood which is that he was a showman. He wanted Totally, needed, yeah. yeah. He needed to put the butts in the seats and so he threw he throws it all in all in there. Um
1: yeah. uh, it does have all these elements. He really did throw everything in the kitchen sink into it. Damn. Um And for that reason, you know, the genre is really hard to pin down. And in doing the adaptation, I really struggled with that. Because in some ways, it's a romantic comedy, right, with this love story um, at the center of it between Miranda and Ferdinand. But uh, in most romances, the subplots echo that love story, Uh right? You know, you sort of have, you know, the Phoebe story and as you like it or what have you. Um, And the subplots in Tempest actually echo the assassination story, the assassination plot. Oh. So it's a very funny barbed play in some ways, with all these sort of wonderful light moments in it but it, i i just think that he was experimenting with something so interesting there even in terms of the genre and the structure
0: what well, and it's a rare tempest indeed that is as funny as it should be
1: oh yes, and Austin, I wish you could see ours um we i it I actually, the clowns in some ways are stealing the show. I'm like, okay, y'all. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we, we, we can't, these aren't arias, right? We're like, we've got to keep moving the plot along. But, but, you know, Shakespearean clown, you know, there's so much uh, inherent improvisation in the yeah. structure of those scenes. And so we, we've, we do, um, we've created a little space for some audience interaction and for some improvisation. And it is a blast. Uh, And the tension between the drunken clowns and Caliban's perspective, and Caliban's real bloodlust for Prospero, has uh, yeah created a really great tension and a great platform for us to play. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson, I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays, and you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast.
0: Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. I think it's also for sale at the Pittsburgh Public Theater. This week, our 2019 tour continues at Wingate University in North Carolina, then continues on with performances in Morristown, New Jersey, Lancaster, California, Idaho Falls, Idaho, St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, Reston, Virginia, Houghton, Michigan, Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts, Flint, Michigan, River Forest, and Effingham, Illinois, Meridian, Kansas, a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia, and we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged, in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica. California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Mariah C. Kaminsky, the new Artistic Director of the Pittsburgh Public Theater. So do you think that this production of The Tempest is in some way um, uh, a a great introduction uh, of you to the Pittsburgh audience? I mean, is this typical of your work, would you say?
1: Yes, in some ways it definitely is. You know, and uh, I really do uh, believe in entertainment. Art is entertainment and that uh, high art like Shakespeare can also be really funny and really accessible and really resonant for a modern audience. and also, you know, some of the things that we're exploring in terms of community partnership and um, uh, weaving the artistic process with a civic. Process, I think, are definitely some hallmarks of my work. So, uh, you, you know, we've partnered with Allegheny Health Network and their uh, oncology center, their breast oncology center, and partnered with Pittsburgh Youth Chorus, uh, who are featured in the production. Um, and certainly that is something I'm interested in continuing to explore. That so we not only can make great art, uh, but build great community through that art is one of the things I'm, I'm after.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about, like, what's your history? What brought you to Pittsburgh? Where are you from originally?
1: Oh, well, um, I come from Pittsburgh by way of Seattle, but I actually grew up born and raised in Rochester, New York, mm. um, and grew up, uh, you know, the Jiva Theater up there sure. um, was the, the place where I was introduced to the magic of theater. And I, I remember seeing Anything Goes there as a young person and raising in the Sun and just being taken aback. Um, by what theater could do. So I, I feel like my story starts there. And in some ways, coming to Pittsburgh feels a little bit like a homecoming. I mean, Rochester and Pittsburgh are two very different cities. But like sitting here in the middle of winter, uh, it feels very at home here. Actually, um, it, it feels nice to be back on this coast. I I was born and raised in Rochester uh, through the end of high school, and then I went to Philadelphia for a while and went to school there and spent some years in New York before heading out to Seattle for graduate school. And my dream always was to run a theater company, and fresh out of graduate school I got to found a theater company there called Washington Ensemble Theater uh, that is just celebrating, um, gosh, I think it's 15 years um, of existence. Yeah, so got to run that for quite a while and build a really – wonderful, uh, authentic, and daring artistic community out in Seattle. Uh, yeah, and uh, did many different things there, wrote, directed, playwright, Was you know, wrote, um, acted, um, and then for the last five years was working as the Associate Artistic Director at Seattle Repertory Theater before heading out here.
0: Well, and it sounds like you were talking about the civic partnerships that you you have going on now. But it sounds, from what I understand, is that you also are developing great um, artistic partnerships with some of the other uh, uh, theaters and creative people in, in town. And, I mean, Pittsburgh is an amazing theatrical community, and it seems like you and the public are now sort of embracing all of that.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Um... In my second week here uh, at Pittsburgh Public Theater, I held a roundtable happy hour with all the other artistic directors from around town, um, which was amazing. And I was shocked to learn that um, some of them had not met before. You know, I think these jobs can be so demanding and you can get into such a vortex in your own organization that sometimes it can be hard to mingle. Um, So, yes, I I had a chance to um, intersect with all of those folks, and I wanted to do it really early in my tenure before I knew better, um, (laughs) because as soon as I invited everybody, you know, there were, like, whispers, like, oh, well, um, okay, but, I, I, you know, not sure. And um, and we actually ended up having such a terrific time and um, talking about some of the larger themes and larger um, wonders of working in Pittsburgh, um, but also some of the challenges of working in this city. So it's really fun to, like, right away be, around, be among some friends and colleagues. Well, and it can... is. I mean, Austin, you said it. It's an incredible city. The, eco- the arts ecosystem in Pittsburgh, uh, having not been here before, I mean, it is mind-boggling um, how rich the arts community is here, especially considering the size of the city. Um, it's just an incredible embarrassment of riches.
0: It really theater is. Theater and
1: music and dance.
0: It yeah. really is, and from what I can tell, incredibly supportive. I I, I live in Chicago and am, and continue to be amazed at how um, and how supportive uh, everything is. We're going to an opening night tonight at the Northlight Theater, and I will see oh, artistic yeah. directors from all the from all the other theaters in town. You know, everybody goes to everybody's openings. It's 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 a really lovely so thing. Yeah,
1: it is a time of great thoughtfulness when it comes to not only representation on the stage, but um, the playwright's voices who we are choosing to center. I mean, um, is it's just such a robust and potent conversation right now. So, yeah, it's exciting that it's happening here and uh, uh, certainly... Ha- that is happening
0: in Chicago. And so far, you're only in the middle here now of your first season. <laughs> so it's far. Only six months in. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, you, <laughs> do you get any time to reflect on how it's going, or are you madly preparing for The Tempest and also scrambling to uh, uh, put together your 2019 2020 season? Oh,
1: I mean, yes and yes. Um, certainly, this is the sort of. Um, moment when the heat turns on about planning next season. We'll be making our season announcement in early March. Um, but, you know, planning a season, i, I at least the, the mentors who have taught me how to do it, you know, it starts like 18 months ahead. So if I'm in a real scramble now, I've done something really wrong. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, So, but yes, uh, we are planning the season. Tempest is just opening tonight, so I have definitely been absolutely immersed in that play right up until you know 11 o'clock last night um and i'm trying to reflect i actually feel like it's it would be irresponsible of me not to especially because this first season i planned from afar you know i have right. an amazing producing partner luca Castelli, uh, who's the managing director here with me and we were appointed together so last year when we put together this first season um we did it all over Facetime. I was still living in Seattle until July. So uh, the reflection on how our season so far has resonated with Pittsburgh audiences, um, really starting to get to know the artistic community here and the incredible resources there. Um, Yeah, and thinking about, you know, like we were just talking about what is happening on the national stage in terms of conversation about theater and what feels like it's going to be, um, relevant and exciting for next year—all all of that I am trying to reflect on. Even though I certainly I would love a little more time. I'm sure as we all would to be able to do that.
0: Well, and two things about that—I mean, you're, it's great that you have Lou Castelli there because he not only is he a great guy, he has institutional memory. He's been there almost as long as the Radio Shakespeare Company, no longer. Um, oh my
1: God, he, <laughs> he's basically the best. Yeah, you know, and we joke, and we joke that you know that it's a, the best arranged marriage either of us have ever had because we, you know, we had met once when right. we both got appointed. So, um, well,
0: and as you yeah, say, so
1: you you know better than anybody.
0: Well, I know as as well as some. Um, and, but sure. the other thing, as you say, is that is that if you're scrambling now, you've you're doing you've done something wrong, and it's not even just eighteen months. I mean, every season I imagine yeah. is a culmination of. All the reading and reading and thinking and planning and dreaming uh your whole artistic life
1: yeah, I think it is I think it is well, and uh, you know I used to think um that seasons were really uh that a great theater season was about a theme, you know like what is the through line what is the conversation that one is having throughout the season and i do i think there there is some truth to that, but what I've learned in my <laughs> in my, you know, write six months or what have you. Uh it's I um I really think it's about balance, um, yeah. rather than a theme, right? Like um really uh shaping an experience that has a, a terrific variety and a rhythm. Um I, I, I think that's what becomes really satisfying.
0: Well I only hope that your production of a doll's house part two also has a sixteen foot puppet in it.
1: We'll see. We'll see. We're only getting started on those rehearsals, so um, Pat and I haven't gotten into the puppet design quite yet.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. The Tempest runs until February 24th, 2019. For more information about it or Mariah or Pittsburgh Public's programming, go to ppt.org. Then send us your new framing device via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter. Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Hagseed Matthew Croak. web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. A random fan shout out this week goes to Marlita Collins. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to playwright Lauren Gunderson, author of The Book of Will, The Revolutionists, Miss Bennett, Silent Sky, I and & You, and so many new plays, musicals, and movies I can't even keep count. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 634, 1,900 and seconds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.
1: You've got a great voice for this, Austin. <laughs> you really do. I'm hearing your musicality, your enthusiasm. I mean, I see why this has been so successful. You you have a great voice for this. Yeah.
0: Well, and I... I... I wish I could get paid to do it because I really love doing
1: it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I'll
0: put this up Monday. This will be episode 634. So I've been doing this for 634 weeks.
1: How awesome. That's amazing.
0: This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. So much less. So much less. less.